I've spent the last 12 years trying to find the ultimate model to run a chiropractic business, and I think I discovered it. The Clinic Gym Hybrid Model, where you integrate fitness with the great care that chiropractic offices offer. Now, I perfected that model, and I sold that business last year. Now I've gone full-time into discovering how to help others build the same model in their practice, and I have the goal of 100 hybrid clinics starting up in the next year. So follow along as we interview the greatest guests, thought leaders in our space here, and discover the ways to perfect this model so that you can run an amazing business that also contributes to your time off, increased pay, and increased fulfillment by doing the care that you truly believe in. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I am pleased to be joined by my man in Sioux Falls, Adam Halseth. Adam, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you taking the time. So, Adam, can you give my listeners, I mean, you know, we have a lot of probably thousands of listeners within the Sioux Falls community, but for those who don't directly know you, can you bring everybody up to speed into who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a physical therapist at a sports medicine clinic in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, in a place called Orthopedic Institute. Uh, spend most of my day treating all orthopedic conditions in uh, sports medicine clientele. Awesome. And uh, how many, give us a scale of size here. So how many PTs are there, PTAs, all that? There are, there's, we have one PTA, we have, uh, 13 PTs, I believe 13 to 14. We All have in the same facility main, that you're in? No, we have a uh, one main clinic and then we okay. have kind of our performance center clinic. That's where I spend most of my time. And we also have another satellite clinic all within Sioux Falls. Wow. And how many in that performance center? Uh, three of us, three wow. PTs. And we also have, I think, uh, five trainers, like personal trainers that do the oh, performance okay. side. Very cool. And are you doing like an integrative approach? Uh, like, so when you're done with their care, you hand them off to the trainers to kind of get them strong again? Yeah, absolutely. We do that a lot with, uh, especially our ACLs will, will kind of once, especially when insurance runs out, then we'll have to do our cash pay program with our return to maximum potential type program. And also when they're done with that, when they're healthy, they're playing sports and absolutely they'll go see some of our trainers out the performance side. That's awesome, man. Yeah, when the insurance company's like, all right, well, we allow for uh, five and a half visits for an ACL reconstruction. Yep, which we do in about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then your trainers handle the other 18 months of, uh, of yep. return to play, huh? You got it. You got it. No, right. realistically, hopefully we can get about, you know, four to six months PT. Mm-hmm. And then when they're full out return to play, working with either our athletic trainers in the interim or our personal trainers if they're already back at sport. As far as return to play guidelines, we're going to dive into a different subject, but uh, what are like some strength markers that you see as a therapist you des- you desire in your patients? So like most of these are, I'm going to guess, adolescent athletes. Yeah, most of them, yeah, that we will do this stuff with, yep. All right, so an adolescent boy or girl, like what do you expect to expect them to be able to do a year after surgery? Well, hopefully a year after surgery, they're doing just about everything they were doing before surgery except better. You know, we mm-hmm. want to get them better because in our eyes, if we got them back to the way they were, well, the way they were is, the re- is how they got hurt. Right. Right. So we want them to be better. Um, we use various return to play guidelines in the research. We're also kind of, we're also looking to revamp a return to play program as more recently with the research, uh, quite frankly, return to play testing across the country kind of is kind of sucks. <laughs> it's yeah. not it's done very poorly. We find this with, with increased rates of return to play guidelines. Also, just a lot of clinicians aren't doing a good job with return to play testing. Yeah. And a lot of it's like, uh, 
uh, what I, I call subjective <laughs> objectives, like, yeah, you know, yep. they're defined as objective measures, but you're like, that's totally subjective, whether they completed that well or not. And that's a different beast, you know? Exactly. We're doing all the single leg hops, the triple hops, all that stuff. Right. And they might pass the numbers, but we have no idea how they're yeah. doing. Or if there's tons of lateral movement of that lateral shift of the knee, it's like, can they provide, you know, complete five hops? Yes. Without you throwing up uh, from watching? No, they can't. Right, you know? right, exactly, yeah. exactly. You got to pass the eye test too. Uh, yeah, awesome. Which then brings in a whole bunch of uh, subjectivity. So that's what I want to dive down. Uh, you and I kind of met through uh, your use of a technology that I totally believe in and I totally love, uh, the body track, which is like, for those who don't know, it's, you ever seen a blue mat? Usually it got its birthplace in golf. So a lot of golfers standing on what looks like a blue doormat and taking a swing. That's the technology, but Adam I had on because he took that and made something even more incredible out of it. Exactly. We, uh, so I, I got the mat. You're the guy that took the chamois and made the sham. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yep. There you go. You can, that's a little more cred than I probably deserve, but sure. <laughs> um, so I, like a lot of other people, I was introduced with to buy track through a uh, Titleist performance Institute as right. a golf medical provider. And, uh, I wanted one. Well, so I'm, unfortunately I'm not my boss, right? So I had to convince the bosses to, to get me one. Right. And so the way I was able to do that is not just for golf because they, they wouldn't have paid for it then. Um, right. I was able to kind of convince them, well, this is, this has got use outside of golf. This has got more use in sports medicine than does in golf. Yeah. They just have buy track at that time, just barely scratch the surface with that. So, so, so at its core, let's talk real quick what it is. So it's a mat that tells you like, pressure distribution yep center pressure distribution as well as uh vertical ground reaction force right and in, in real time right and some pretty high-end accurate stuff like uh how long it takes for that uh variation or wobble to go away we call that time to stabilization but i mean imagine if you stepped off a curb a healthy active individual will stabilize that foot very quickly Whereas your, you know, old grandmother might be, you know, shifting back and forth, trying to constantly find her, her balance. Exactly. It tells you that in real time. Yes, exactly. I can take a video of somebody and I can watch exactly what their feet are doing as, uh, as they're doing a squat or a single leg balance or a single leg jump or something. Right. Or in the case of return to play, are they actually centering their pressure over their entire foot or is it off to say the, the, you know, medial side, which might mean they're, they're biasing towards valgus, although we can't see it as therapists. Exactly. And we do, we look a lot at a, a heel toe distribution as well of that, and that pressure. Okay. You can have, you can have symmetric and 2d video. What we typically of PTs will do to look at knee angles, hip angles from the side, but you can have nearly identical hip angles and knee angles, but completely different um, ground mechanics. Yeah. which changes your moment arms and everything and changes what muscles you're using. And your, our buys are very smart and very good at compensating. So that's what you can pick up with the body track. Yeah. Awesome. So this, uh, this, uh, for people like when you're saying film, the, the display of this is all on an iPhone or iPad or something. So you run a video and you also see that pressure map of where they're putting pressure as well. I'm, tr- I'm trying to give people that haven't seen this, like a visual picture so they can kind of see what we're talking about as we dive in. So yeah, it, it's, you can take your yeah, you can take your cell phone just like you record a video on it with anything. Right. And you can if they're on this mat, you can record it and part of the screen is them doing the, the squat, for example, and the 
other part of the screen is all their, their pressure distribution, their pressure map. Right. So if you had a person coming back from return to play and you asked them just to squat, they could trick you with a pretty good looking squat, but you might see, oh, there's only 32% of pressure in the left affected leg as they come out of that squat, meaning they're not actually, they know how to cheat you, but they're not actually pushing down greatly. And that happens all the time. <laughs> and you catch it all the time, right? Exactly. You can't hide it. Their squat can look symmetric. They get on that mat and they're like 70%, 30% favoring their, their non-surgical side. Or even, and then I'll tell them to keep it 50-50 where they can watch themselves do it. Now, yeah. they were looking at the heel-toe center pressure is, is like a complete 180 from each other. They're basically uh, kind of doing like a rotational squat, right? Like they're Yeah, they're, they're maybe the more on their, their, their heel on their non-surgical side, more on their toe on the surgical side. Yeah. It's a hip-dominant versus a quad-dominant pattern. Awesome. Uh, and so it's pretty hot. Like you can see all this. And nobody – I don't know if any other technology ever like has done this. No, I mean, nothing like this because – not with real-time feedback. Yeah. Like, and the no. funny thing is, I, uh, you know, we both love body track. I don't think they realized how powerful this was when they released it. It was like, oh, here's oh. what produces a great golf swing. And it's like, dude, do you, like, you just discovered the Rosetta Stone of, of movement <laughs> analysis here. Like, yeah. that gives us incredible insight. Yeah. They can continue to learn, too. It's just, you know, it seems like every time I talk to these guys, there's, there's more and more ideas we're figuring out with this thing. Right, yeah. It's just a measurement device. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> It must have been like the first time they discovered fire in the caveman, you know, like and you <laughs> yeah. can stay warm with it. You can light stuff up and you can see at night. You can oh, hold on. Down. Adam up here said he actually like cooked food. We don't yeah. eat cold food anymore. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, exactly. Real quick, uh, before we get back to our interview, I want to make sure that you know our website, clinicgymhybrid.com, and you know that we offer a, a series of high-impact lessons, 42 lessons, in fact, in our Accelerator Light program. And the goal of that is to get you up and running and get that first few thousand dollars of recurring revenue from memberships in your gym, all right? So if that's something you're, you're interested in, go ahead and head over to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. And we will get you set up there with our accelerator program. All right. And now let's get back to our interview. Thanks. So let's go back to when you first brought it into your clinic, right? Like, so here it was like, hey, this is a golf thing. And you're like trying to, you know, find some, uh, some use case that you're, that the higher ups would be like, hey, we'll, we'll agree to pay that amount, but you got to do something other than work with old crusty 65 year old country club members. <laughs> and you're, yeah, right. So, what was the first thing that you thought it would be good for? Not that you actually used it for, but you thought it'd be good for. The first thing outside of the golf I thought it'd be useful for is biofeedback yeah. with the reteaching a squat pattern. Okay. That's the first thing we did. So this is stand on the mat. It's zeros out. And then we're going to tell you, are you heel dominant, toe dominant? Yeah. And where's the pressure per limb? Yeah. Excuse me, is it a 50-50 distribution or is it a, you know, whatever, 65, yeah. 35? Put it simply, how symmetric is our squat? Yeah. And how'd that go? It went fantastic. I think we had my boss and uh, one of our, one of our physicians that partly owns the clinic as well. Yeah. Got them on that one time. They thought it was the coolest thing they've ever seen basically. Right. And then when you started bringing that into clients, like how big of a change? So if it took you, you know, four visits before to teach a symmetrical squat, now are you doing it in 34 minutes? Yeah. It, it, we, we teach them it much quicker. It's just, it's, it's getting a feel. So like one thing you learn in the golf world is feel versus real, right? right. So right. <laughs> what they feel is a symmetric squat without that 
is far from it. And so they can see what a symmetric squat feels like. Now when they go to their home program at home, they remember how that felt and they can do it a lot better. We come back in and retest it and it looks perfect. Also what we've found is people immediately post, like within the first week post-op after an ACL, they're doing mini squats with us and like they don't feel tired. They're not getting a work, work in their leg. All of a sudden now we're getting 50, 50, they can do four squats and they're burning, you know, they're tired, but because you're, you're taking away their ability to compensate. Yeah. Cause now they're forced to use their leg. Whereas naturally our body is going to lean towards a strong leg. We do a squat. Sure. All right. And what are you seeing with recovery times for major injuries? So, I mean, you're saying ACL, um, but any, any injury. So even a strain sprain, like what are you seeing as far as recovery times? Um, recovery times, it, it depends on this, on the injury, you know, sure. strain, strains probably a little bit quicker because we can load them. We can load them more efficiently right away. Yeah. Um, with our ACLs though, we we still would stick with the same time frame just because of the biological healing of the graft. Um, yeah. but they're passing their, their return to play testing, um, very well, very quickly. Um, long before you actually are going to ask them to return to play. Yes. That's just with the newer research. They might pass yeah. return to play testing at five or six months, but we know the, the longer you wait, the, the, the exponentially decreased risk of re-tearing it helps. So we try, I yeah. try to convince them seven, eight or even nine months if possible, depending on where they're at in their sport life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unfortunately the body track doesn't help you deal with uh, overly competitive parents, right? No, absolutely not. No, <laughs> that'd be a great tool to have. So, right. so you started out with symmetrical squat patterns. It shined really well there. And then what was the thing that, what was the light bulb that went off in your mind? Like, Oh, I should try it with this light bulb went off. I had a, a, a D actually, I wrote an article about this for body track. Um, at a, at a soccer player, D one soccer player coming off an ACL. She's looking fantastic, strong legs, athletic works her tail off doing really well. She was four to five months out. Can't remember anymore. It was a couple years ago. And we had her doing some jump testing. Okay. So there it was. Or like, let's just have you doing the mat, see what happens. You know, have to do a single so leg this is jump. Standard return to play for competitive athletes kind of stuff. You're not, yeah. you're not changing protocols. Oh, you're just no, changing protocols the same. Now we're just doing it on a mat instead of on the ground. So yeah, we still have our 2D video because the mat, the the app can do that as well. Now we have her jump. All right, and we had her, we had her uh, do vertical jumps too. We tested the vertical jumps within, it was within like a half an inch, right to left. So she's doing awesome. So if she previous to surgery was say, you know, 29 and a half inches, she's now 29, but you're like, Hey, power's good. Exactly. Yeah. So that part, okay. she would have passed, right? Yeah. She's within that 90% criteria. So we had her on the mat and we had found something pretty fun um, for us as clinicians, at least not for her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is her, that loading pattern completely different. She's creating the power the same, um, you know, your side, side view 2d video, your knee angles, hip angles, all pretty much symmetric. Um, her loading pattern and her surgical side, she never, ever got into her, the back of her foot. She never got into her heel. She kept all her load on her toes, the whole, from the loading position to the jump all the whole time. Whereas her good side, she, her non-surgical side, she, you know, classically came down, loaded into her heels and came off on her toes. Perfect. And so it's that, that hip dominance versus quad dominant pattern. Um, and you see these asymmetries, asymmetry is a big indicator of a, a risk, risk of injuries. Right. And pick that out. Uh, yeah. And let's not, uh, there is the recurrent injury that she could, you know, damage ACL again or intercompensatory p- pattern and plus D one athletics. 
you know, she's never going down on her heel, basically uh, her foot and her windlass mechanisms always at on tension, right? So she maybe develops plantar fasciitis or heel yeah, cord injury puts, or something like that. It just puts the whole chain at risk. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. So as soon as you saw that, what, were you like, well, this, this lady's out of, holy smokes, we got to book you in another 12 weeks. <laughs> right. No, but it does give us, it gives us, and when it comes to telling these athletes, getting these athletes to wait longer, that's yeah. another piece we can use to show them. And when that we show, we show them that light bulb goes off in their head. Like, you know, I, I got, I got work to do yet. Yeah. And also from a treating standpoint that it shows us where we got to focus our treatment at. I'm sure the light bulb went off of, Oh crap. How many people did we send out the front door? Like this would have caught, right? I mean, exactly. I, <laughs> it sucks, and but you know, that uh, happens. Sure, it yeah, happens. exactly. And, and at least you're catching it now. Exactly. And it's, it's so easy to do. I mean, we can take this thing to a, I can take this thing to a soccer field. We can screen every soccer player in a matter of minutes because we can take it in our clinic. We move it around and it's user-friendly. It's dummy proof to put it, to put it bluntly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's good because around 4.45 in the afternoon when everybody's seeing a ton of patients all week on a Thursday and you're trying to get out, you know, because it's your friend's freaking birthday party at the local bowling alley, you can be pretty dumb and you want to be able to, you know, still uh, still be able to test them accurately, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you can, yeah, the, the running them through the program's easy. Running them through the mat's easy. It's right. your analysis when you're done that <clears throat> that's when you got to use your uh, kind of your knowledge. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, so what's something, so those are, you know, common lower extremity return to play, like fairly easy. Is there anything that you feel like is a kind of tricky that, you know, you're starting to see a, an application where most people wouldn't think it, a, a, it lives anything in the upper extremity or you know, one thing we have kind of played with a little bit, I haven't put it in like any protocols yet, but I've used it on some people. Like, for example, I had a, I had a power lifter, that uh, excuse me, he's a bodybuilder coming off a rotator cuff tear, and yeah. I got him. I got him on that mat about. And he's probably about twelve weeks, and we're doing push-ups on it. Right. Okay, so now we're looking at symmetry right and left, and also also ground reaction force right and left versus. And so we're looking at pressure and ground reaction force, and seeing you know if he's putting in like equal pressure on both hands. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing um, that that we used it for in one case is one of the, one of the, with the new software update, um, what is it called? Altus? Alto. Alto. Yeah. yeah. It does that power measurement as a percentage of your body weight. So it'll say like, Oh, your, your ground reaction force is 2.1% or 2.1 times your body weight. Right. Right. Yep. And every listening, like if you think about the development of power, you can put out the same amount of power, but if it takes you twice as long, well, okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, do the F equals MA equation here. The force, which is what you're measuring in sports, right? Like that's what you want. Hey, force is, or ground reaction is speed on the turf. It's all those things. And right. a lot of things go into, oh, how much weight can you move? But what really is rewarded in sport is strength times acceleration or, you know, your ability yeah. to apply more reaction. So what we saw is some people that, for example, a, a guy was 61 years old, put out 2.4 times his body weight in force. Right now he can jump like a mofo, right? I mean, that's a, you've seen that. That's a lot of force, right? Yeah. He's scared to land. So he doesn't want to go up and like, so because he's like, I, I, don't, I don't trust my balance anymore. So he's willing to put the force into the ground, but yeah. he cuts it short on his launch because he's like, I don't want to leave the ground too much. 
And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is like an incredible athlete. He was a golfer. But if you can take that and you harness that, and you're like, this, this engine generates some serious power. We need yeah. to do, uh, so we worked with this golf instructor to develop a swing that was like, basically we call it tear the turf up. Like he never really used his feet. And I said, dude, with the power you can put it in the ground, like lengthen those spikes, dig in and right. you know, repair your divots after your swing. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I'm about the divots from your feet, not from your golf club. But uh, yeah, that was something that I was like, wow, that's really different. And then the same regard is like some people are so they can produce a decent amount of, I don't know what you want to call it, but it takes them forever. And I'm right. like, the speed. Now you're talking about the, that rate of force development, RFD. Yeah. Have you played with that? Yeah, so definitely. We kind of, the way I look at, when, I, when I'm testing somebody on the mat, we kind of look at things like a hierarchy. We look at jump height first, okay? Okay. Let's say jump height is pretty equal. Okay. All right. Then we will go down. Then we'll look at your, like your rate of force development, okay? So if you're, jump height is equal, but you're doing it, you're, you're creating that power to jump much at a much slower rate. And we know there's a weakness somewhere. Okay. Um, so we've also noticed too, you can put in a lot of force and just barely get off the ground because you're doing it so fast. Mm-hmm. Right. So the force is mass times acceleration. So in order, if you want a high force, you can just barely jump off the ground, but do it really quickly. That's that the bullet, height. right? Not yeah. a, incredible yep. acceleration, not a lot of mass, but exactly. That won't give you a very high vertical jump. Now, we're trying to get athletes back to sport. We're talking, we want how, how hard can they jump, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's why we look at jump height first. If that's the same, all right, now we're going to look at rate of force development. Now do we see a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, or we'll do a lot of like drop jumps or single leg drop hops okay. where you step off a box, hit the ground, mm-hmm. jump back up. That's yeah. a great tool because we look at jump height. And if that's good, then we look at ground contact time. And a metric called RSI, reactive strength index, which is contact time divided by flight time or vice versa, maybe. But um, it takes all that into consideration. So if their jump height's the same, but now they're on the ground twice as long, we know there's a weakness there, a limitation that we couldn't pick up normally. So let's say, for example, as I, I like playing this game, there are a lot of teenage athletes. I've ser- I'm sure you've seen this in college. Did you play college athletics? I did, yeah. Played football. Okay. What position did you play? Receiver. All right. A white guy receiver. What, what oh, division? Short white guy receiver. Short white guy receiver. All right. So there are the people that are, and it usually teases out in their freshman or sophomore year of college. They are incredible technicians in the sport. Yep. And that hides, for, hides the fact that they're not great athletes. And then there are You're also. You're looking at one of them right now. <laughs> All right. But there are also those people that are wild athletes. And it's like they were a, they're a freaking. uh, a Jaguar and they just happen to be taught how to catch a ball or they just happen to be taught how to swing a golf club or they just happen to be taught, you know, you see this in the NFL. A lot of guy gets recruited at um, quarterback and turns into a hell of a cornerback or, or, you know, receiver or something like they switch positions. What that tells me is they're an amazing athlete at their core and they just, you apply a new skill set to them and they're like, yeah, okay, I can still run fast, move my body fast and everything. Right. So so what happened with you? Like just out of curiosity, you said, I'm looking at one of them. So I think throughout high school, now yeah, Grant, we're in South Dakota. We're not playing Texas yeah, yeah. high school football here. Okay. So I was good good receiver in high school, but never the fastest, couldn't jump the highest. I was technically sound. I could, you know, I could beat just about any D B in the state at the time. Get to college, did well, well enough. Um, but then then your my lack of elite athleticism really started to show up. Right. And you can no longer hide it with knowing the patterns well or 
Exactly. Exactly. I I couldn't because uh, now every, everybody becomes better technically, right? Yeah. And receivers, and so then and now the good athletes will win. Yeah. So, could you use the body track as essentially a combine to go? Who is my diamond in the rough here? Maybe they don't have a lot of technical ability, but just reassure the coach. Like I'm telling you right now, you want this athlete associated with your program. I don't care if he, I don't care what you label him as. Like, I don't care if it's a, if you say fourth string quarterback or second string receiver, or, you know, I'm just telling you that this guy produces like I'm saying athleticism, but has athleticism produces power fast, understands how to move his body and his levers. Um, but maybe doesn't understand the sport itself. Yeah. You know, I haven't really thought much about on that end, but absolutely you can, so you can measure, you can get the measurements, you can get their vertical, their, you know, their, their power output that way. Mm -hmm. Then you can also see you can compare it to norms how fast they're how fast they're doing it. You know, if you get if I get a hundred people in here and I got a couple different people that are you know jumping thirty inches, and one guy's rate of force development is twice as fast as everybody else, I'm like that guy's got a lot more potential. There's a lot left in the tank right there. If he's jumping thirty inches. Imagine if we work them and get him to do it faster. Work on that. Right. His thirty in, his thirty uh, inches is his is his dial turned all the way to low. Right. It's exactly. the simmer on the stove. Absolutely. So we can, there's a lot more potential there. We can probably get out of them. What, so you'd be looking at rate of force development. What else would you be looking at? I think that, and uh, you know, you look at jump height first, you look at rate of force development. Right. Second, but the reason I'm, I'm getting away from jump height is I can measure jump height with a, <laughs> a tape measure, right? Like, yes, can. you can, but you don't get everything else. You don't get, yeah, yeah. see exactly how they're doing it. Right. You're not getting the, uh, you're not getting the pressure map. You're not getting the, the graphs that show, your heel toe distribution, your medial lateral dis yeah. distribution. Um, also, if you're doing a double leg jump, you're not getting right versus left force production either. You know, so if I got same guy, if I got a an athlete that maybe sprained his ankle eight eight months ago, feels great. And I see him do a 30 inch vertical jump, and 80 percent of it's on his unsprained ankle. Imagine if we get that right the other side working well again. How high is he gonna be able to jump? If he can produce the same out same force yeah. each. Leg. Yeah. Have you seen, uh, I'm asking this part, partly based on, have you seen that movie, the million dollar arm? Oh uh, yeah. I think I have. Yep. Yeah. With the Tom house and all those guys. So basically they, yeah. they just went to India where nobody plays baseball and they just started handing out baseballs and said, if you can throw this thing, I think it was 90 miles an hour, 92. If you can throw it 90, mile, 90 miles an hour, we don't care how you do it or what you look like doing it. We'll basically give you 50 grand, which in, in the slums of India would be like saying you, you won the Powerball, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they found like six kids that could do it. And out of those six kids, I think they brought him to the U.S. and they, they threw him on 3D up at TPI, actually. They, they just threw him on 3D to th say, is the kinematic sequence good or is this kid producing 90? He's so motivated by money, he's going to throw 90 for about five more minutes and then completely explode. And out of that six, I think they had two that actually, they were actually twin brothers, produced a pretty efficient kinematic sequence and 90 miles an hour, never having picked up a baseball before. I mean, think about that for a second. Just natural, right? Yeah, but – that's that diamond in the rough. They have, they have no technical ability, none. I mean, right. <laughs> they're looking at this, like, why, why would I throw this thing? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Incredible. and I think they both got major league contracts or something, at least for a couple of years, which to them was enough to break them out of the slums. Right. If you can find that, just then you got, then you get a, a good coach. I can teach them the skill part of it. Right. Yeah. Right. I feel like your potential is unlimited at that point. Yeah. I think if you had this and you were able to talk, you know, go to some like, uh, some peewee football things, some middle school football things, start testing athletes. You can be like, that kid's an Adam. Get, a, get him out of here. <laughs> that kid's got <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. 
We don't. He has a house of disease, man. Get get him out of here. No. no, just kidding. But seriously, you could become really famous with the coaches in your area by saying, "Hey, I, he does. This kid doesn't look like it." And you hear that all the time. Like, oh yeah, the, I just moved here from so you know Alaska. They don't have a baseball season. So right. I, I learned it three weeks ago or something. You know. Yeah. I think you can use that with uh, with golfers a lot. You know, you're looking at their driver's swing. There's a lot of research that's talk that shows the timing of your lead lead leg force vertical force is really important as far as how hard you hit the ball. Yeah. So if you got someone who's hitting the ball 300 yards and you, you look at the, you get the body track on have them hit and the force at where it's supposed to be at shaft vertical is low. You got room to wiggle. This guy maybe could be hitting at 340 instead of 300. Right. There's more potential there. That's when you go, listen, dude, if you sign up with my program for 16 weeks, it's only $8,000. I can get you to hit it 325 Absolutely. yards. Yeah. Guaranteed. Nope. Guaranteed. No <laughs> money back though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a professor that used to say, Oh, you have the common cold. Well, if you take my, my uh, proprietary blend of herbs and spices and drink plenty of water and get at least 10 hours of sleep a day, I guarantee you'll get over that cold in 14 to 28 days. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Smart business, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, I, I'm pretty excited about this body track. Uh, anything that you're you're playing around with to kind of that's not quite there that you're hoping that you can measure, or you know, you know what's what's in the back of your noodle? Well, with this with their new software uh, called Alto, I think again the possibilities with that are they're just scratching the surface. What it, what Alto is doing compared to what they used to have, it it gives you all the metrics for you. It gives you a jump by, it gives you um, landing force, takeoff force, gives you con- ground contact time, all this stuff. And so it's very easy for you to, and you can create a report for it. So now all this math I was trying to do before has been doing, is doing it for me now. So now we're, it's easier sell for me to get this implemented as, into our return to play program, you know, yeah. where every single athlete is coming through this. Um, I think we're trying to figure out exactly what metrics we want to use for each jump, you know, partly based on research, partly based on what we're finding uh, as we run athletes through this. Um, I think when the full release of the app is available, um, that will be pretty cut and dry as far as what metrics go with which actions. Um, But that's what we're working hard on now is just how exactly do we want to implement this to make our return to play decision-making better and better for the efficient and also better for the athletes to minimize, you know, re-injuries. Yeah. Uh, how long have you actually been using the body track with the return to play? Probably maybe six, to eight months, I would say. And in that time, how many additional um, surgeries do you think you prevented? You know, that's hard to tell because if I'm like six months, some of these people, they're all still playing, right? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I haven't, I haven't you heard saw of, that elite, that D1 soccer player you spoke of, right? That, she probably well, was a, another surgery that you would have missed had you not had the technology. Right. I mean, you can't never, you can never guarantee they're going to get hurt, but you know, they're now my numbers here are probably not correct, but they're 15% of injury reduction or injury rate. Maybe, maybe went down to 10 or 5%. You never know if she would have gotten hurt anyways, but you can be pretty confident that we help minimize her risk. Yeah. I mean, then you think everything that comes along with that, a D1 athlete that gets one injury, but comes back from it and is able to play their junior, senior year is a lot different than one that gets injured their sophomore year, comes back, never really performs again and gets re-injured their early season in their senior year, that's a pretty crappy experience in, in D1 sports. Right. I mean, what I think more about, I think, is when we get an athlete that, you know, maybe five years ago, six years ago, tore their ACL. Now I've been to this clinic for three years, so when I see this guy now three years later or uh, five years later, 
with an ACL. I wonder if we had this technology then, would he have um, torn his ACL? Now, you can't make any guarantees, and you never know, um, but you know that we can help reduce that risk now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, for those people listening, uh, if you are interested in BodyTrack, I want to make sure they know how to get this. BodyTrack Sports. Is it BodyTrackSports.com or BTSports.com? What is the – they actually just changed it. I'll look it up here. It used to be BodyTrackSports.com. Body track performance and it's B O D I T R A K. True. Yes. Yep. Body track performance. But I'm sure if you look around enough, uh, you'll find it. And Adam, how do, how can people find you? By the way, you can uh, you can look me up social media um, at Adam Halseth on Twitter, Instagram. You can also just you can spell look, ha- spell Halsa for us. H A L S E T H. Um, I'll, I'll occasionally throw some good uh, some good case examples out there as far as what we did the body track. Um, also, just our website, my work website too. That's uh, um, oisuitballs.com. Yeah, so if you're worried about a return to play, I don't think that anybody in the country is doing it as well as Adam is right now. So it might right. be worth Especially, a trip up there. What's great about body track is we're at a clinic. We don't we can't afford the thirty thousand dollar force plates. We can't afford mm-hmm. the you know the twenty thousand dollar three D kinematic video system. But this right. allows us. Um, this gives us better idea than most as far as how we're doing return to play. And this just for everybody out there is about $3,500 for the mat and the software runs on your iPhone anyways, or your iPad or whatever you got in your pocket. It'll run it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's for the, the ease of use, the, all the, it's, and it's 98% research grade is what I've been told by the guys who tested it and made it. So it, I mean, it's, it's about as good as it gets unless you're doing high level research. I think, uh, what's his name? Sasha, Sasha McKenzie, who's got to be one of the number oh, one yeah. bio, biomechanists out there. I think he laid it on top of a f- set of force plates and he was like, yeah, it's, it's about that good. But for street level, I mean, force plates, like you said, are going to cost you 20 grand a piece, install two of them in your floor. Plus you and need they, to raise the whole floor up. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, And you can't move them. This one I can take out. I can take to a basketball court. I can take to a golf yeah. course. I can take to a soccer field. Right. You can put this inside of a bunker uh, sand trap on a golf course and it still picks it up at the same accuracy. Right. And the other thing is for marketing, I mean, you take it out to work with a baseball player at a little league park and there's a couple games going on. It sticks out and people are like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, well, glad you asked. Let me show you. That's happened multiple times on a drive range. I've had a client out there on a drive range and you'd be surprised how many people will come up to me and ask me what we're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, it works well for all those things. So, uh, I appreciate you taking the time with us, Adam. Hey, Adam, I'm going to do my quick little sponsor message here, though. Uh, you ever have exercise you, you want to send home with your clients? What's that? Do you ever have exercise you want to send home with your clients? Oh, all the time. You have like exercise programs or stuff you want them to do when they're not with you? Absolutely. Yeah. W- wouldn't you love if they had an app on their phone that they can look up that was exactly your information, your brand, your name, and they could pull up those exercises specifically made for them? Yep. Sign me up. That's why you should check out Membrant.com. Membrant, it's spelled like Rembrandt, but Membrant.com is our sponsor. And what they do is they make custom apps for small businesses like us to uh, help you deliver the information to the phone that's already in your your client's pocket. So uh, they built my app and they're working with people all over the country to build custom apps. So it's not, oh yeah, go to... uh, you know, uh, like, I don't know if you ever use like Kinetisense or Huddle or um, what else? Coach Now. It's not go to Coach Now slash Adam. No, no, no. This is the Adam Houseth app. And I'll have all their information. You put it right there and it delivers it right to their pocket. 
It streams video super fast. Um, they can review stuff. If you have exercise, you can just say, hey, in your system, just send that person, oh, I want them to go through our stenosis protocol and it'll send those eight videos to their phone. Or you can say, I want them on the uh, ACL, you know, weeks eight through 12 thing and then automatically time out to the ACL 12 through 16 program all on their phone, all where they already are. So they can watch it, you know, everywhere that you watch an app, which is like the bathroom, excuse me, while driving, all the places that are important, right? <laughs> Absolutely. In the line at Starbucks. So, all right, well, check out membrant.com. They sponsor this, uh, this show because, and I use them because I think it's, it's really in the next phase, man, between what the technology you're talking, talking about and then our ability to get that information to our clients. We got to keep changing and improving because the insurance companies aren't going to keep paying for the same old thing. So I think these technologies allow us to uh, kind of pull a fast one on them and get paid for stuff much faster. So yeah. Anything else you want to share with our people, man? Like uh, I, I think that you're on the cutting edge here, Adam. It's super exciting. No, I think it's just being aware of your our current return to play protocols. Um, you know, knowing the current research and knowing how bad return to play protocol testing is now and try and make it better one way or another. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like when you look at, look at it on an objective measurement system, like the body track, you like shake your head, like, Oh my God, we were, we were using stone tools before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your, your, your triple hop test that gives you very little information as far as what, how safe an athlete's performing that exercise. Yeah. And, by the way, little asterisk, it's incredibly dangerous for the little information that it does give. Right. Yeah. Because it's one work. of those things like, oh, how do you know they're not returned? Well, they just re-blew their ACL on hop testing. That's how I know they're not ready to go. <laughs> I hope that's never happened to anybody. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it has, though. Very cool. Well, thanks a lot for taking the time today, Adam. This was awesome. Hey, thank you, Josh. Appreciate it, man. All right. On behalf of Adam Halseth, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Have a great one, Adam. Thank you pretty much, Josh. Have a good one. Boom. I hope that was impactful. I know I enjoyed that interview a lot. So if you're interested in learning more about the hybrid model, then go over to clinicgymhybrid.com where you can find out more information, including information on our accelerator program, which will lay out the 42 steps to get up and running with a hybrid facility of your own. This is Dr. Josh Satterley. We'll talk to you later.